electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Futures powering ahead here after that 90% up day and that close above S&P 4K. Yields inch a little higher today, two-year 416. Of course, it is opening day for baseball. Our roadmap begins with that tech rally, the sector on pace for its best quarter since 2020. Plus, should Apple buy Disney? One analyst sees a potential material upside if they do. And don't mess with Bob Iger. A board appointed by the Florida governor claims that Disney has stripped it of its power. Let's begin this morning with the surge in tech stocks. The NDX now up 20 percent from that December low. And the tech sector is on pace for its best quarter since Q2 of 2020. Susquehanna, great stat, Jim. If you put together Apple, NVIDIA, Amazon, Tesla, Microsoft, it's all of S&P gains year to date and then some. Well, it, look, we're back. Uh, when you have a slowdown, you're trying to trying to analyze who's really being hurt by a credit crunch. You know that these companies aren't being hurt. Uh, David Costin comes out with a piece. He says uh, they rec- he recommends high margin stocks versus low margin stocks. <laughs> I'm with that. Yes. I'm recommending better stocks versus worse <laughs> stocks. I'm making a real breakthrough here. But the, and I love David. Yeah, but fact is, these companies are doing so well. I mean, there's a piece today about YouTube doing well, you know, an alphabet piece. And he's talking about their actual orders coming for NVIDIA. And then there's a a piece that I think we're going to have to talk about, about Apple and Disney. And I I just find, you know what? It's the path of least resistance. Phil LeBeau had a piece earlier this morning about autos and what could happen with higher rates. And I'm listening. I'm saying, wow. Okay, so you don't want to get in the weeds here. You don't want to say, you know what, this is the time to buy CarMax. You want to say, this is the time to buy Alphabet because it's cheap. It's not really doing much of anything. It's not hurting itself. Maybe YouTube's doing better. So, I mean, we're in a, an extraordinary moment where, there's, in a lack of news, they went right back to these stocks. Yep. Right back. Meanwhile, um, positioning is still fairly light. In aggregate, yes. we're going into the Dow's second best month of the year. It's not um, supposed to happen, Carl. It, it, does this does it does it broaden out, or can you live with this kind of narrow tech? I, I think that everybody is uh, shoot first, ask questions later, except for these guys because we don't know. I mean, I, I had paychecks home last night. They had a remarkable quarter. They do small, medium-sized business. Uh, they handle the payroll, and they were talking about how if you have. More than $250,000 in one bank, you can't keep all your eggs in one basket. Now, they do like small law firms, accounting firms. And, and you say, well, someone is being hurt by that. Like, who is being hurt by that money coming out from a bank? Well, I'll tell you who's not being hurt, Apple. I mean, so you by default, you go back. And the one that has just shined here is NVIDIA. It's just over and over and over. You, know, you see, I'm watching Frank Holland this morning. And NVIDIA is up 38 cents, and then it's up like 62 cents. Next, you know, NVIDIA is up like a dollar eight. Anyway, and what's happened during that, that, that period? 
Nothing. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, look, there it is. I'm 260. I mean, nothing's happening. People, nothing's happening in NVIDIA today. Well, I mean, incrementally, let's take Intel, for example, yesterday. Oh, that's classic. Best day since November 10th. Yeah. I mean, the webinar could have gone worse, right? Well, I mean, like the, what were the notes about Intel? Okay, it's not as bad as it was. Maybe a little better than we thought. Well, I mean, you know, and then AMD goes up because Intel's not as bad as it was. You know, we're in, you know, I, I was saying to Ben Stoddard, who works with me for Mad Money, I said, you know, in two weeks, we are going to have 35 companies we're looking at. We're trying to make a decision. Right now, we're looking at Cintas and a couple of layoffs at Warner Music. And we don't want to draw any huge conclusions for now other than the fact that we know we're safe if we go into, into Microsoft. We just know it because there's no hair on the Microsoft story right. at this very moment. Right. So that's a good point. Um, we're two weeks out roughly from, uh, from the bank earnings right. beginning on the 14th. Barclays last night says, we think this initial wave of deposit outflows is nearly over, but they think there's what they call a sleepy depositor that is kind of waking up to, hey, wait a minute, what a, I, oh. I haven't made any moves and maybe I should. Yeah, that's what Paychex was saying, which is that if you call them and you're one of their customers, they have Hundreds of thousands of customers to say, you know, where is your, you know, your $700,000? Well, it's with blah, 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 bank. Well, you know, you got to split that among three banks. So that whoever gets that, and they listen to Dan Tarullo just now, they're a uh, former big-time regulator, and they say, uh, if you're one of these banks, you say, geez, you know what, maybe I shouldn't make that loan to a company that's trying to have a third store. Uh, and that should impact the economy, but not yet. It's, it's too quick. It's just like people don't. They, they're just not making decisions that quickly, but they may be on the fence. I mean, I've been trying to check all the retailers to see, have people paused there? Well, it's some of the smaller ones, yes, but it, the pause has got to happen. It just hasn't happened yet. Right. But do you think we're going to wind up, I mean, it's we do this every we every quarter with earnings where the banks kick us off and the mood's a little sour right. before we can graduate to tech and media. And That's exactly what's going to happen. And you, know, you have to say... Well, J.P. Morgan, the stock was up two when it reported, but now it's down a half because it turns out that interest margin is not that good. But Wells Fargo, it looked really terrific, but they've got regulatory problems. Bank of America, is this the breakout? Well, it turns out the net interest margin. I mean, I hate to say I've seen it before. You know, it's like season two of a bad Netflix. Wow, this one's not holding up. But that's what happens. I mean, look, I like Wells Fargo. My travel trust owns it. We're not going to make any money in it. Sorry. Sorry, Jim Cramer. You're not making any money in that because it is written. Like, the book is written. Uh, we do have a downgrade today. Uh, Morgan Stanley cut Schwab. Uh, oh, well, oh that's just the pinata yeah. at this point. I mean, enough. You've been saying that they've been... It's like, okay, off. let's got nothing to do. Let's step on ants and but they, they downgrade go, Schwab. They cut the target down to 68. They were at 99. I, I know. I mean, I read that, and I said, well, I guess that's going to hurt Schwab again. Then someone from Schwab will buy more stock, and then someone will re-recommend Schwab. Uh, look, Schwab is one of the premier franchises in the world, but everybody is reassessing how much they have at a particular bank. And I think if you haven't, then you just haven't read the headlines. There, why do you have $400,000 at any one place? It's just not worth it. Right. And that's what I think is happening over the, all around the country. People are saying, you know what, a charity. A charity might have $700,000 in community bank. So now they got to pull out that much and put it in another bank because no one wants to have a meeting. And they say, well, why do you have all of your money with this community right, bank? Right. And that's going to hurt. It, it will hurt. Deposit diversification. Yes, yeah. it will hurt. 
Uh, Jim mentions this new note today out of Needham about Apple and Disney. It is Laura Martin. She says, quote, there is material upside for Apple if it buys Disney by using shares. Apple is worth 15 to 25 percent, she uh, argues, more if combined with Disney. My first take was, what is Laura up to? We're going to talk to her later today. Well, I mean, I've been mulling this over because you, you could immediately say, okay, so Laura Martin had nothing to do, she did this. The opposite. What I think's happened is, is that if you look at Disney in 96.7 and you say, you know what, that's wrong. That price is wrong. There's more value to the franchise. Well, who can bring out the value of the franchise? Not like Perlmutter after yesterday. Right. But, the, but uh, Apple. Okay, Apple's a stalking horse for her to be able to say, you know what, you ought to look at Disney. Stock's down very big. There could be a lot of good things happen. But we can't come up with a way to bring out the value. We're not calling for some of the parts. Well, a way to say that it's worth a lot of money is to say, well, if Apple bought it, look how much more Apple would be. Make. I mean, that's better than, than a buy now, pay so, later, four segments. So you think it's a hypothetical in a way to... But, but a good one. I mean, I want to hear from her because, frankly, I think Disney's ridiculously low. But I've been trying to come up with a thesis that says, how does it get higher? And the answer is well, you have to brainstorm but realize this franchise is worth a great deal to someone else. It's kind of like Meta, okay? Well, Meta's not going to be bought by anybody. But you realize that maybe WhatsApp, uh, it, it could be doing quite well. Maybe Instagram search might have advertisements. Well, hold it just a second. If Alphabet were to buy Meta, but it's not going to happen. It's a way to be able to, to create a conversation around stocks that are underbag. Interesting. Uh, the other, of course, piece about news uh, in Disney is this Reedy, was Reedy Creek, the board in Florida, which is now arguing that Disney found a way to pass language that ties their hands. I mean, the, the, the framework uh, right now is don't mess with Disney. Well, Bob Iger obviously is trying to find money where it can be made. Now, he did close, what, a, a little office in New York for Ike Perlmutter, a man who created that, uh, who had owned unbelievable franchise, largest show. But the man's taking, he's TNP, as they say in the NFL. He's taking no prisoners. And he won. Others lost. And so now he's cleaning house. He got rid of the metaverse spend. I mean, metaverse now is a curse word, right? I'm saying, I oh heard my God, Joe metaverse. asking you about it prior yes, to metaverse. Time. So you're like, no, I mean, no, I, the force is not with me, metaverse. You know what I mean? Like, metaverse is just, it's become something that's become the laughing stock. And when you look, when you click on the ad for Metaverse, for uh, when you look at the Zuckerberg ads, well, it's kind of like you're at the Natural History Museum. But then I say to myself, I want to go to the Natural History Museum. That's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> right. But, you know, look, if for schools, it's great. The problem is, is that K through 12 has never been a way to raise numbers, except for if you're doing air conditioning for, uh, for train and carrier, because there's a bill in Congress that made them make a lot of money for air conditioning. It's just... You know, it's not working. Yeah. People want what Jensen's giving them. They want real avatars. They don't want joke avatars. We don't want to look like a cartoon character. We want to look like ourselves. Right. Just maybe look clear skin and a little more hair or something. Yeah, I don't know. know what we need uh, to make that happen. NVIDIA, I assume. That's the answer. NVIDIA's the answer to everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim mentions uh, a Perlmutter and the Disney move uh, regarding uh, the Marvel chief, something that came up in the conversation with Iger on our air not too long ago. Take a listen. We bought Marvel in 2009. I promised Ike a job that he would continue to run Marvel after that. Not forever, necessarily, but after that. Uh, and um, in 2015, he was intent on... Um, 
on firing Kevin Foggy, who was running Marvel's studio or the movie making at the time. And, um, and I thought that was a mistake and stepped in to prevent that from happening. Under that, Alan that Horn. That created some ill will, you think? Well, you'd have, to, you'd have to ask Ike about that, but I, I, let's put it this way. He was not happy about it, and I think that unhappiness um, exists today. So a cleaning house? In the, in yeah. The I mean, look, I, I'm a big believer in having someone who built an incredible franchise that made you a lot of money in the tent rather than out. Uh, I think that probably like, people like board meetings that go smoothly. But Ike was an Asian provocateur, provocateur, as Nelson Peltz would have been. And I think that there's a lot of people who feel, well, wait a second. Ike was getting $40 million in dividends. What's he getting now? And uh, Nelson was saying, maybe we've got to shake things up. But remember, Nelson withdrew the proxy fight after uh, Iger basically said he's going to do all five things. Now, can Iger just do everything overnight? No, that's not right. But the, the, the eliminating of Ike Perlmutter, that, that's not going to get the stock to 125. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, we've been watching the, the layoffs in progress at Disney. Today, oh. we're going to add Roku to the list, Jim. Uh, the 6%, a couple hundred jobs. Uh, the Journal's got an item about uh, electronic arts as well. Another Yeah, 6%. electronic arts, not a lot of hits. Yep. Roku, what's interesting is, is that if you go back to Roku's last quarter, uh, we were told it was okay. But everyone seems to have found this. They're looking at what Zuckerberg did at Meta, and they're saying, okay, Let's do some reviews. Let's see whom we don't need. But these are all white collar based in Silicon Valley cuts. We are not seeing in, a, in the rest of America cuts. We're still seeing how hard it is to get good employees. So you've got two countries. You've got the country that overhired and paid people a lot of money. And then you've got the rest of the country just kind of doing okay. Um, but we, we want to, do we want to extrapolate the, 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 the rich man's problems? No. I mean, that's what... Again, I mean, I think there's like an undercurrent in the country that uh, if you look at restoration hardware now, our age, okay, we see who's being hurt, the people who have money, but the people who don't have money, they can still pick a job. Right. Uh, it reminds me of, I think it was Waste Management who said, I can hire a, an MBA student out of school, pay him 60K, but I can't get a truck driver for 90K. Exactly. And we've got like these instant engineers. Those are the ones we need. Instant engineers because of chat GPT. It's like, you know, I can be an engineer. And not a railroad engineer. Those are very short supply. Yes. Jim mentions RH uh, still to come. The CEO, Gary Friedman, speaking out about housing, uh, the economy, and a lot more on the earnings call last night. Shares down about 4%. Lot to get to regarding uh, the banks, of course. Still some retail news. Um, there's uh, some China news as well between Baba and now JD. More Squawk on the Street continues in a moment. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. 
That's yahoofinance.com. If Powell gets this under control, somebody ought to make him president of the United States. Because the people that were, that were here in the 70s completely screwed it up. You know, so right now, I'm betting on Powell. I wasn't happy that he thought it was, you know, you know temporal, you know, and they didn't move fast enough. Uh, but I'm happy with the stance he's taken. I think that there's no way the government can't backstop, you know, people's savings. Uh, you know, like, and, and if, we, if we continue to have runs on banks and have banks lend other banks money and banks find, you know, that, the whole thing's kind of a mess. I think yelling at it is tell everybody to calm down. This is what the government will do. So there's no more runs on banks. Powell let it take the interest rates to wherever he has to take them to, to kill inflation. And then we can get back to normal. That's RH's Gary Friedman on the call last night. Um, kind of expansive comments from a guy who runs a household furniture. Uh, I, I miss the old Gary. The old Gary was like, if you take a look at this new chaise lounge outside <laughs> and you get the whole coming. And then I would like go buy him because like, my wife's a member of the club. I'd send him pictures and he'd come back and say, now nah, you're talking. Now I got like this, this existential Gary Friedman. I mean, like, you know, I mean, don't Macbeth me, partner. I mean, honestly, Gary, I, 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 I love Gary. And Gary is the premier merchant of our year. And he did tack on some of the old stuff about uh, who was born with a silver spoon. But uh, and I, he makes a lot of sense. The issue I have with Gary is he's the foremost merchant of the greatest uh, quality mass production, to some degree, of our era. And I I just want to shake him and say, Gary, don't forget who you are. You are making unbelievable things. Don't forget that he did talk about the great British. I mean, I want to go see the the tremendous uh, British program he has. And uh, it's still so much fun to go up oh, to yeah. the meatpacking district. Yeah, yeah. But he opines on things, and I, he's, it's, he has every right to do it. But he's got to remember the core mission, and he also can't get too negative because the stores are gorgeous. Uh, it, there, there is enough money to buy his things. The prices are reasonable. He doesn't have the big problem anymore with China. But he starts talking about Jay. And, like, if I want to hear from, you know, a Jay thing, I'll go to Mr. Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what about the shares? At this point, he talked me out of it. We're doing a piece tonight on Mad Money, and it's like I was saying, "Oh my God!" Recommending Wayfair and going. I mean, we we were talking. I said, "Gary's going to get out of the funk. He's going to start talking about the unbelievable lamps that we're putting on our beach house. It's going to start roaring." And no, I finished it, and I said, "Oh my God! Jeez, uh, I better not buy anything." Yeah. Holy jeez, the Grim Reaper's coming. Yeah. Wow. Forget the Shiz Lounge. I mean, I, you would, I, wouldn't you think that at this point he would be seeing the light at the end of the tunnel? He was the first. He was the first to call it down. So I said, because I, we all await what he's going to say. He was the first to say, look, things are getting bad. So I thought this was his opportunity to say, I've analyzed it. Everybody now knows how things are bad. Let me tell you about the new things we have in the store because it's the most exciting time. And we are not, remember, we're gallery, uh, we're hospitality. It's never been better. And no, I mean, no. I mean, I went there with my daughter and we did big Instagram. And now I'm thinking, I don't even want to do Twitter. <laughs> Last night, uh, Jim talked to Jeff Gannett, of course, uh, retiring from Macy's uh, early next year. Uh, here's what he said. It is ready for me to hand it off. You know, I'm a 40-year veteran of this company, so just know that I wasn't going to hand it off until the company was ready, until the talent was ready. 
So we'll watch that between RH, your Macy's interview. We've got Cole's CEO buying some shares. Tom Kingsbury. I mean, Kingsbury. Burlington. I mean, that was not an auto buy. Do you know that? I've, I've literally disliked Kohl's, and then I saw the $2 million buy, and I said, I got to start liking I got to go. I got to go revisit Kohl's, as painful as that can be at times, mm-hmm. uh, and find out, wow, what does he see? Now, Gannett hands off Macy's after just being it, it, how many horrible, how many? I mean, he had the he had COVID. He had a bad balance sheet. Yep. I had the super, you, you know that the super department store is under challenge. Omni, and he's done it all, and he's given it to the fellow of spring, Bloomingdale's. Really good numbers, Bloomingdale's. Yeah, the comps have been good. But They've remember, good. remember the summer of twenty when we were what single digits? The people he there were existential out. conversations. There were, about. and uh, I think the store looks quite. Well, I go to the the, the main one. The, the store looks good. But I think that Jeff has said, all right, you know, now it's a, the balance sheet's okay, and we, let's give it to another guy, fresh eyes. It'll be exciting because I think I was in Bloomingdale's last weekend, and it, it just looks really good. RH was next to it, and I, I was in a good <laughs> mood. Right. I was in a good mood. Don't I didn't want to get bummed it. out. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to, like, say, wow, I always stay away from that one. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Speaking of retail, uh, upgrade of Walmart this morning. Talk about whatever Corey sees on uh, spending on that front as futures hold in. Don't go, don't go away. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds. Thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. As you know, yesterday we got that first close-up of S&P 4K, uh, really since uh, Silicon Valley Bank. VIX continues to be a teenager, uh, closer uh, below 19 this morning. And, of course, uh, the data train, although hot today, is going to just heat up tomorrow when we get uh, PCE deflator. Opening bell coming up in a couple of minutes, and of course, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Last week, we potted, posited why was Netflix going up? Well, here a week later, as a Wells Fargo piece talking about, well, uh, you got to play to pay to hit play. What they're saying is that the Canada, you know, they cut off people and they're all coming back. There's for international upside, upward revisions likely, attractive entry point. This piece should get it up maybe 10, 11, uh, even though it is exactly what we thought last week at this time. It doesn't matter. Netflix, again, is part of that incredible group that we used to talk about all the time, where things are just better than you think. Now, we all watch Netflix. We all try to figure out what life would be like if they cut us off. And the answer is, in Canada, initially, it was like, you know what? We don't need Netflix. And it turns out they needed Netflix. So uh, this one's going to go higher on this Wells call uh, because there's upside for a company that we all know is a great company. Um, yeah, the the ad tier, I mean, for having come out of nowhere, no. it still impressed a lot of people. I, I just think, you know, I read this and I said, I'm meeting uh, Margaret DeLune, who works with me on the club. Uh, for yes, And yes. I said... Netflix. Maybe we should have an ad tier because it's like, wow, it worked. Yes. But then again, Netflix is probably more interesting than the club. But don't rule me out. 
But I just think this is the kind of piece that just says, oh, good, there's another one I want to yeah. buy. You know, a cost in name. You mentioned the YouTube piece earlier. Yeah. Uh, we had some constructive comments on the ad market. We talked to General Mills yesterday. Their spending is robust. I and, mean, but General Mills, people don't understand that that is the best consumer packaged good company going right now because they had both higher volume and higher price. And they made that blue buff acquisition. A lot of people laughed at them, but no one's laughing at them now. Uh, we're going to keep our eye on Staples, obviously, uh, given some of the swirling around this week. There's the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange of the big board. It's Investor Relations Magazine celebrating its annual IR Magazine Awards. And at the NASDAQ, uh, Niocorp Developments, a critical minerals company, celebrating a recent listing via SPAC. Look at the green wow. here. There we go again, Jim. 4050. Uh, I, I think that until something bad happens in the banking system, it doesn't, then you're just kind of like, all right, we've got this moment, a clear sailing moment where we can speculate that maybe auto sales are going to be weaker, speculate maybe home is going to be weaker, but it's not. Oh, the companies who are in the auto sales game are not making as much, but homes are good. Uh, there's some trade down. You go back to the last Kroger call, there's a little bit of trade down. Yesterday, we had some downgrades of some of the uh, off apparel places. They're coming yes. right back. There's just... There's not enough right now to hang your negative hat on. And I think the Bears are struggling because they, they had such a run for a couple of days. Wow. It was so it must have been so much fun for them. Come in, <laughs> let's take a part, you know, Pac West, whatever. I mean, Pac-Man. But now no, we got like, well, Alibaba is good. JD. So that's what JD. I was gonna get to. Well, let's just do JD. We, we mentioned uh, the Bob and News yesterday, but now wires have um, them eyeing the logistics arm for maybe a $20 billion Hong Kong IPO, and then JD spinning right. off a property unit. They're eyeing Taiwan to take it over, and they're also eyeing JD so that we can make more money. I mean, look, I, I, why, let's just do Biden. I'll, let me craft the theory. I mean, the, the communists are obviously trying to get things going again. Uh, they are able to do IPOs that people will be very excited about. We can't. Our IPOs, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't seen... I really have to go back a long time before you've seen this few IPOs. Right. And when you do, they tend to be Chinese companies that are like $30 million. It's just amazing. But the Chinese are providing a lot of excitement. And it, it, it's easy to speculate on a Baidu. It's easier to do a Baidu breakup than it is a Disney to merge with Apple breakup. Yeah. Uh, the premier uh, over there, Premier Li, uh, giving a speech at this forum in Asia, basically pleading with boardrooms to say, look, we are creating a, quote, safe environment for business. I know. To your point about their new charm offensive. Well, I think that that Tim Cook uh, gave, you know, that was a magnificent moment. Nike, I, I'm not as high on Nike as I am, say, on, on holding, but Nike's back doing well. I know that that Howard Schultz is not running Starbucks anymore. We talked but to Lulu yesterday. One every nine hours. But Calvin McDonald was so impressive yesterday. I don't think people even know the earnings power of that company coming up. That stock can still go higher because they really scratch the surface, China. So, I mean, look, China doesn't like how things got in terms of business. Uh, but militarily, uh, I, I think that we can't be foolish. Uh, it does bring us, I do want to make sure we mention uh, this Wall Street Journal journalist, uh, uh, Evan Gerskovich, who's been detained, uh, first U.S. journalist to be detained since 1986. Really terrible. In the Danilov. And, it's going to add another layer of complication regarding Ukraine, at least in, in the Russia. meantime, uh, Russia's going to have a hard time exporting wheat, uh, being shut down on that front. 
Uh, Michael Semblis was an amazing piece in JP Morgan talking about uh, alternatives to energy. But once again, it just seems like the Russians are just they were very, very powerful in terms of Western Europe. And, and they've kind of like gotten they've taken themselves out of the equation a little. It, it, they better. I don't know. I mean, I know that there's a story about how they got a new jet, but Russia just is not winning. Yeah. They're not winning. Um, Let's keep our eye on the NASDAQ today. We talk a lot about the NDX, the NASDAQ 100, but the overall composite now at uh, 12,022, that's a high intraday since, oh, say, mid-February. Let's let's think about this because I've been spending a lot of time thinking about what's happened in the market. We can be possessed by the yield curve. The yield curve has told us that what's happening isn't happening. But it is. I mean, we are possessed here sometimes about what the yield curve is saying. But the yield curve has really kept you out of making a lot of money. So we must, on the one hand, take a look at the yield curve. I'm doing a piece tonight about seven different industries which would indicate that there should be a lot of problem of judging the yield curve, and it's just not. So, I mean, we can look at at that chart about the two-year and the ten-year, and we can be possessed by it, or we can go help people make money. And I am siding with the latter possible, the latter course. Are you, are you saying, I mean, there we are at 57 basis points. We remember when it was 100. Are you saying it's been a false tell? Yeah, I am. I'm saying that it's kept you from making a lot of money. This has been an amazing quarter. Uh, I, you, you had to go back to, you know, that. I think the 10-2 took you out of a lot of Salesforce. It took you out of... Uh, it, it, it took you out of Netflix. It, it took you out of NVIDIA. It, it, it just didn't do anything for you. But it's so easy. If you, I mean, last night, I wanted to watch some stupid show that one of our people was telling me. I decided, no, I'm going to take home everything about autos, okay? Now, everything about timeshares. Because time, time, when we talk about something that should be, you know, you have to need financing for timeshares. And I keep looking for something to happen that indicates that 10 and 2 is right. And I don't get it. So in the end, I should have watched Night Agent. <laughs> it's just sort of put yeah. it on the shelf. I watched. Sec- I was watching season two, the first one of Yellow Jackets, because we played Cranford when I was coaching girls soccer. That was it, that was as important to me as where the four year is. Um, yesterday, Intel was the Dow leader. It is again this morning. Oh, uh, well, great! I know you hate it. Well, I mean, you know, look, buy AMD. If Intel's good, buy AMD. I mean, you know, look, Intel is, what is it, not as bad as it used to be? What am I supposed to say? I mean, Intel, it got to a point where it's just too inexpensive. There is a CPU path. Uh, When you listen to Micron, they did tell you that Intel's got a a legitimate product ahead of it. Well, you can see where it defended 25 three times. Right. Boom, boom, boom. Right? Well, it's a triple bottom. Yeah. You know, I just would like to have more of a story then, but... Meanwhile, Disney as the second biggest Dow gainer. You think that's about the Needham note? Honestly, yes. Really? I have gotten so many emails about, are you aware about the upcoming Apple-Disney merger? <laughs> and I, I, frankly, I'm, I'm so focused on the Walmart-Target merger that I forgot about the Apple-Disney merger. I'm glad you brought up Walmart because Evercore today does uh, upgrade to outperform. They were at 145, go to 160. Did you read that? You know that was a filler-up piece. Oh, Sam's is doing a little bit better, and you know, the story, the Omni-Channel. No, there was nothing. It, it was just something to say. 
I'm not blasting. I think Walmart's undervalued. I had a moment they reported. I thought it was a good quarter. And, and they're playing catch-up, and it should. Uh, but there's just – there was nothing to hang your hat on there. Sure. Just nothing. Yeah. That's oh, a, man, it's nothing. I bet more than a one-month high for Walmart. I'm thinking back to the – Katie Huberty chart earlier in the week that looked at curbside. I love that which chart. Which is a lot less dilutive than delivering to your house, and it's making huge impacts on e-commerce. Yeah, I mean, look, when you look at, during my search to not have to watch a new Netflix show, I went over all the real estate investment trusts that are involved in shopping. And e-commerce, uh, by, you know, the pickup, it all works. It continues to work. And I think people kept thinking that that was over, too, and that's still accelerating. Uh, and it's a remarkable thing. People just turned out to like to shop that way. Now, if Amazon were to stand up and be counted, I mean, Amazon's just kind of lurking. What are they doing? What are they doing? We keep waiting. I think we're going to come in one day and, be just, and discover that Amazon the whole time had a master plan. But right now, the master plan's Walmart, and it's good, and it's yeah. working. That's some great charts yesterday looking at uh, Amazon versus the other tech giants that we've seen. And it's, it's been a pain trade if you, if you favored the Amazon side. Uh, I think Amazon is a very thoughtful company that is trying to figure out how to make a bold move and not hurt customers. And I think that they're very customer-centric because you want your product uh, and you want it on time, and they're not going to do anything that's going to make that so it doesn't happen. And they do have, look, do they have too many people in the warehouse? Well, they're trying to figure out. They have a warehouse in the future where they're using NVIDIA, like everybody else. Uh, but I do think that right now there's, it's, you could wake up and see something big there. I don't know. I, I mean, I talked to them, but there's nothing that they're telling me. But that's the one that hasn't spoken yet. Um. As far as the banks go, uh, the Journal's got a piece on Yellen's uh, testimony uh, today that uh, she'll argue that maybe bank rules did get too loose uh, regarding some of the mid-sized banks. Also, some pretty interesting data on uh, Wall Street bonuses. Down 28, uh, Jim, well, on average. Yeah, well, look, when you see no IPOs and you're not allowed to have mergers because of the way that FTC and the Just Farms do it, I mean, you try to figure out where are they making their money, some trading, uh, but it's just not a halcyon time. And... That's the group that where you're getting multiple contraction because there's just uh, on, on the limited amount of business doing people are paying less because they're worried that next quarter is going to be even worse. There's just look the when you have the FDIC hurting and you have to pay for your own funeral. It's just no, you're not sitting on a gold mine. Right. Uh, yeah, well, watch. Speaking of gold, uh, we'll keep our eye on that. Uh, ahead of the inflation numbers that we'll get tomorrow, Jim, um, still a lot of expectation. Even though we got some downside surprises in European inflation today, Spain, for example, uh, people are uh, on edge about tomorrow's point here. I, I, I know that I'm a broken record on Banco Santander, but that is the winner in the European chaos. Uh, Anna Boutine has put together an amazing franchise. The country's got low inflation. It's a stable country. You're not getting a Credit Suisse problem or Deutsche Bank problem. It is just up, up, and away. She's getting no credit. I don't understand it. It is the bank to be in in Europe. And I do not understand where the respect is. is, is, It's not existent. Interesting. A lot of the credit spreads for European bank debt have come way in, right? Look, this is good in Madrid. And I don't get, sometimes I think that Anna Boutine is just not a promotional individual. 
Uh, the banks that get attention in Europe are the ones that cause problems, not the ones that deliver. Uh, Jim mentioned uh, earlier uh, the prospect of TikTok and its potential impact if it were to uh, be reined in on, on Meta and Reels. Interesting uh, counter narrative established by uh, Senator Rand Paul. I know. We talked about this yesterday. Take a listen. I think we should beware of those who peddle fear. I think we should beware of those who use fear to coax Americans to relinquish our liberties, to regulate and limit our First Amendment rights. Every accusation of data gathering that's been attributed to TikTok could also be attributed to domestic big tech companies. We should not let fear of communism to cause us to ignore our First Amendment protections of speech. This legislation violates not only the First Amendment of those who own TikTok, many of whom are actually Americans, not Chinese, but it also violates the First Amendment rights of the millions of young Americans who use this social media app. Well, I remember my father during the period when Lloyd Blackfine once attacked a senator from Michigan. He said, don't forget, there are only 100 of them. Respect them. So what I will say is, he's one of 100. <laughs> Yesterday, Morgan Stanley took a crack at who benefits in, a, in a, the event of a TikTok ban. Meta, obviously, is oh, number I mean, one. But they tried to quantify it, Jim. I think they zeroed in on a dollar a share, maybe $10 to the stock. Look, uh, what I saw that he... Bat that he uh, can I just say that, like, the First Amendment rights to be able to have your brain be frazzled by TikTok is that I don't think when you go over that, Madison, no. Jefferson, definitely, clearly, really? not in that camp. Maybe Adams, so can't be sure. strict constructionist? Wow. Well, I mean, you know, they're, they're, the guys who wrote the Constitution, they did not have TikTok in mind, not because they didn't have it, but because they were against being stupid. I don't think that that's really, that's not the draw of the line issue that I expected at this point in American history. But I think it's so great. Meta was going to just make it. It was it was so great. It's the first setback that Mark Zuckerberg's had. Yes. I mean, you know, look, other than bank executives, he's been the most reviled. Uh, he had a shot here. Yeah. But I don't know. He's spending a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last thing, Jim, airlines, Boeing Investor Day. Uh, which we'll watch. It's good. It's a charm offensive, and it's terrific. Uh, and then JetBlue, just to saying that staffing continues to be such a challenge, they're going to cut some routes out of New York. I read that. I almost felt like, oh, is this like some sort of revenge against the Justice Department? You don't want us to merge? This is what we're going to do? Uh, I didn't get that one at all. But to go back to Boeing, uh, there's tremendous demand for planes. They are getting it together. Uh, but it's. Not, I'd say we have to look at GE. We keep thinking that Larry Culp, we watched that stock go up. That thing Five has been the horse. Yeah. And Larry, uh, you know, someone the other day was uh, I was listening to someone say that, well, they're still worried about their energy business. The energy alternative energy business is not that great. But that's a pure play. And the order book's great. And the service business is great. And don't forget GE is a way to be involved with us. It's really good. Yeah, uh, remarkable. Um, Dow up 150. Uh, NASDAQ still holding 12K this morning. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Hey, Carl. Another strong open all week we've had this. Uh, so two things stand out. Number one, things are a lot calmer overall than they were two weeks ago. And number two, we're getting some modest breakouts. Just this open today, seven to one advancing to declining stocks. This has happened almost every day this week. Take a look at the sectors. There's something more interesting happening. Banks are calming down. We talked about that all day yesterday. Semis are still continuing to be a leadership group. They have been for a while. But we're getting some modest breakouts, modest moves up 
encyclicals like metals and mining, uh, like materials, uh, industrials, for example, all have been trading up this week. They had an overall terrible month going into this week. And REITs, forget about it, probably the worst month in 25 or 30 years for some of them, certainly for some of the office REITs, they too have been rallying. This is not a breakout, but it's certainly a move off the low that is noticeable, and it's been happening uh, over a period of multiple days. So we're seeing an expansion of the advanced decline line, and that's one of the things that's powering this rally. Technicians love it when you get more stocks advancing than declining, and not just a few big cap stocks moving the market forward here. Take a look at the banks here. The important thing is not just that they're up, but some of these banks, and this is the usual suspects, Comerica, Key Corp, Fifth Third, are starting to trade at the upper end of the range where they've been in the last couple of weeks. Of course, they're all down 25, 30 percent from where they were a few weeks ago, but they're trading towards the upper end of where they've been in the last few weeks. And that may not be a breakout, but it's certainly a positive overall move. The markets are just calming down this week. It's really been remarkable to see how much quieter things are. So look at the biggest gainer this week. It's the Russell 2000. Guess what? That's 25 percent financials. That's a lot of small bank stocks. That tells you something. The bank volumes, which were titanic record numbers, five, six, seven, eight times normal volumes that we saw in some of these bank stocks, they're back to normal this week. Treasury yields, which had collapsed, are inching higher this week. And as I mentioned before, the market breadth is advancing, and that's probably the single most important thing. You want a simple way to look at how things are calming down? Okay, we talk about the VIX all the time. It went into March at 19. It went to 30. And we look at this, back down to 19. If you want to call that a head and shoulders, fine, whatever you want to call it if you were technically inclined. But that is quite a move up and back down again. Here's what's also important here. We've had this Nice move off of the bottom recently, and there seems to be a sort of Goldilocks case that the bulls want to make. I'm not convinced about this, but they make an interesting point. The market is acting like there's only going to be a modest recession, and suddenly inflation is going to come down a bit, and interest rates are going to come down. Uh, And they keep pointing out, if you notice, Bob, corporate earnings have stopped going down. And indeed, they have stopped going down. In fact, they've modestly risen in the last few weeks. So let's call it for the year flattish, but not collapsing. That's an interesting change in the trend over a few weeks ago. And this week, a lot of the bears have been quiet on the earnings front because actually the earnings numbers have come in pretty well. In fact, surprisingly, well, Micron had excellent numbers. Lululemon, great numbers. McCormick, great numbers. PVH, great numbers. One disappointment was RH. And even there, you see the decline is fairly small. So the early, these are early reporters. They've actually done remarkably well. And people are saying, well, gee, maybe it's not going to be uh, so terrible on the front. So where are we closing out the month here? One more day left. S&P is up 2% for the month. Okay, hard to believe, but we are. We are right near where we were in early February. And Carl, up 5% for the month. And if you would have told me this two weeks ago, I would have been in the you got to be kidding me camp. <laughs> and here we are. And, and so the bulls have a little bit ascendancy in the re- in the rhetoric right now. And for good reason. Yeah. Even Michael Burry, uh, Bob, who said to sell in January, just tweeted, I was wrong to say sell. Wow. Um, you don't get that often. Wow. Bob, thanks. Okay. Bob Bassani. As we go to break, take a look at the bond report this morning. Obviously, some key numbers today, mostly backward looking on these Q4 GDP uh, reports. Claims still sub 200K, but tomorrow, of course, we'll get a PCE deflator. And actually, this afternoon, we'll get a Fed balance sheet, uh, one of the key looks at any kind of stress in the banking system. Don't go away. 
to keep track of uh, Michael Burry's tweets, uh, given his legendary status from the big short. But on January 31st, he tweeted one word, sell. Uh, a few moments ago, uh, what, six more words. I was wrong to say sell uh, with the Dow up 130 here. And the S&P holding 40.50. Stop trading with Jim is coming up next. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Well, you know, Carl, not that long ago, there was a very critical piece by Hindenburg Research about uh, about, about Block and, and talking about number of accounts and questioning the way they uh, attribute how their business models are really working. They just put out a very, what I regard as being considered response that it answers a lot of the questions I had about it. And I think that this is a very fine company and its partners were not shaken by the Hindenburg piece. Now, I've seen Hindenburg be right, and they've been remarkable, and I've seen them been wrong. And I've always felt that they disclose. You're not going to be able to say, hey, you know, if they're a hidden short. Sure. But I think that this is a very good piece, which makes me feel like that the identity verification system they have works, and I think it's going to squeeze the stock higher. Yeah, well, it's almost filled the gap from exactly the day right. that uh, that report came out. Would you argue it's one of your, one of your favorite payment fintech names, right? Well, I think Cash App is really good. Now, the 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 piece did say, look, they they're without a doubt overinflating, and they did a lot of stuff about criminals who want it. But the people, the main company, I remember when Jack Dorsey told me, he says, "Have you done enough work? Do you know who like the Visa's our partner? Do you know that we have these partnerships that we make a lot of money for? They're standing by, yeah. and that's important." What's on Mad tonight? Okay, so we have Tim Massett, who went to law school with me. He used to head the CFTC. And we need to understand exactly who's the scofflaw and who's just making, uh, creating coins every day. And then Toby Rice, I mean, here's the guy's the largest natural gas guy. He's making money? Natural <laughs> gas? I mean, natural gas is at two bucks, and the guy's still making money. He's a magician. He's the David <laughs> Blaine of, uh, of E&P. So, so is your yeah, no, no, he's, he's unbelievable. He's David Blaine. Uh, we'll see you at 6, Jim. Yeah. Good show, <laughs> Thank you. Money. 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.